0: You're listening to Gleanings, the monthly newsletter from Strategies at Work, podcast edition, September 1st, 2007. Upcoming events. The next executive forum will be Friday, September 21st. The executive forum is a time of refreshment. In addition to great food and wonderful fellowship, Dr. Chester will share an inspiring story of how ordinary people made an extraordinary difference in the workplace because of their walk with God. Register to attend today at strategieswork.com. The next Business Transformation Series Seminar will focus on key elements of executional excellence. World-class organizations work hard to find the right value proposition and the right resources. Such organizations develop the right systems and customer service. So how do these organizations do it? How do they learn how to execute with excellence? Attend Executional Excellence, Part 2, and find out. Remember, you will never fully fulfill your life purpose except in the context of an organization that is executing with excellence. Attend this seminar and learn how to build great organizations biblically. Do you want to know what a disciple should look like? Tim Chapman, Executive Director of the Fellowship of Connected Churches and Ministries, took the C4 principle taught by Dr. Chester and applied it to discipleship. Read Tim's paper on the Strategies at Work website. Go to StrategiesWork.com, click on Products, then click on Papers. The product of the month is the SLA alumni event, Capability. This year's Strategic Life alumni event was an energizing experience for the attendees. The topic was capability with specific focus on leadership styles, spiritual gifts, and human intelligences. In addition, the participants identified a biblical character most like themselves as a tool for further illumination regarding their life purpose. Here are some of the comments from participants. This seminar was the best one I have ever attended. Great mix of lecture exercises and interaction. Excellent as usual. Clear, succinct, relevant. The atmosphere was friendly and open. I felt totally safe in all communications. If you missed the alumni event, don't despair. The audio notes and exercises are available in downloadable format at the Strategies Work website, strategieswork.com. Visit the product selection and choose Strategic Life Alignment Alumni Event, Topic Capability. And now Dr. Chester brings us a message titled, Is Greed Good? In the movie Wall Street, Michael Douglas
1: played corporate raider Gordon Gekko, who made the famous statement, Greed is good. The backdrop for this statement was the annual shareholder meeting of the fictitious company Teldar Paper. Gekko was very unhappy with the performance of the company and used this venue to vent his frustration with management and the board. Many agree with and even admire Gekko's philosophy of business because his definition of success was very simple success was denominated in terms of money. According to Dictionary.com, the definition of greed is excessive or rapturous desire especially for wealth or possessions. This suggests that a person who is passionately consumed with making money is greedy, which aptly describes Gecko. Though the movie Wall Street was made 20 years ago, the reality of greed is still with us. One testimony of this is the recent meltdown of the corporate bond market. To stimulate the financial markets after the shock of the terrorist attack on the United States in September of 2001, the Federal Reserve began a series of interest rate reductions. This stimulated the bond market as the cost to borrow money dropped. At the same time, the mortgage industry sold adjustable rate mortgages, called ARMS, which were packaged into bonds to sell to eager investors. ARMs are mortgages that begin with below market rates for the first few years, after which the rates are adjusted to the market. When this adjustment occurs, the mortgage mortgage payment can increase dramatically. The presupposition behind the ARMs was that by the time the interest rate adjustment occurred, the mortgages would either be refinanced or the homeowners would be able to make the increased payments. In many cases, neither of these became a reality. As a result, many homeowners were burdened with higher mortgage payments than they could afford, which caused the default rate to dramatically increase. Compounding this problem was the creditworthiness of many of the homeowners. A person's creditworthiness is a measure of that person's ability and willingness to pay his or her obligations. Lenders were lenient in their lending criteria and therefore made loans to many people whose creditworthiness was suspect. Hence, there were many borrowers who lacked the trustworthiness to maintain a mortgage in good standing. Because of the escalating default rate by borrowers in recent months, bond investors have been hit with losses, which caused them to lose interest in investing in the bond market in general. Since the bond market provides credit for companies as well as a secondary market for mortgages, the cost of corporate borrowing increased. The increased cost of borrowed capital is now serving as a break to slow down the economy. So what is the root root issue of this current predicament? May I suggest that the root issue is greed. There was greed on the part of the borrowers who sought to use the arms as an opportunity to buy more house than they could afford. There was greed on the part of the loan originators who possessed an insatiable appetite for more business. And the bond investors were so greedy to buy bonds that they overlooked the lax lending criteria of the loan originators and failed to consider the presuppositions behind the arms. Greed is the worship of money, which we explicitly are told is inconsistent with the worship of God. Note the words of Jesus in Matthew six twenty-four: No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. If God is a source of provision, then a person's provision is an indicator of the standard of living that God has ordained for that person. When a person stretches financially to buy a home that he or she cannot afford, that person is denying God as his or her provider and is bending the knee to the worship of money. The worship of money is idolatry, which will be judged. Note what the psalmist said in Psalm 97, verse 7. All who worship images are put to shame. One version of an image is a house that you cannot afford. If God has not called you to live in the home that you are in as evidenced by his provision and leading hand, then to try to make it happen by using financial gimmicks, such as arms, is idolatry, the worship of money. The judgment of God for the worship of money is clear. Many of those greedy for homes beyond their means will lose their homes. Many of those greedy for profit in the mortgage industry will go out of business. Many of those investors who were greedy for profits will suffer loss. And the bond market as a whole will suffer a loss of credibility, making the cost of borrowing more expensive, which will slow the economy and cause many people to lose their jobs. Greed extracts a high price. So in the end, Gordon Gecko's philosophy that greed is good is shown to be an error. Greed is a cruel taskmaster. It may look like the way to riches, but in the end, it is the way to judgment. And one last point. The adjective good is a divine attribute. See Mark chapter 10, verse 18. We humans use the term good rather loosely to describe virtually anything that we like. If we like our lunch, we say it is good. If we like a book, we say it is good. If we like the weather, we say it is good. But the true meaning of good is that which is aligned with the nature of God. So the most important reason why greed is not good is that it is not aligned with the nature of God.